Hello everyone. Welcome to the weekly talks, the EQ talks with experts. In today's show, I have Mrs. Saloni Goel. She is an environment, sanitation and sustainability expert and founder of Think Big Plan Small. A graduate from IIT Delhi and a postgraduate from London School of Economics and Political Sciences, she is also a recipient of Kalam Award for Innovation in Governance. and alumni of the year award from iit delhi for outstanding contribution to national development her pioneering work in bringing technology design governance together to kumbh mela 2019 has got her and her team a place in guinness book of world records she has worked in the united nations environment program in the domain of marine litter and plastic pollution she has also developed a smart biomedical waste management system which received many awards In part 1 of this podcast she talks about her journey from biochemical engineer to climate change specialist and her work in Kumbh Mela 2019 Thank you for joining the weekly talk show and welcome to the show Mrs Saloni biochemical engineer to climate change specialist very interesting journey how did it happen So actually this is uh, this is a very interesting question and sometimes I reflect and I think how did I actually land up out here okay. uh, so <laughs> I started out uh, studying engineering and perhaps even that was by chance because at the time in the times that I grew up children typically had the option of either studying engineering or studying medicine and um, so i studied engineering i was kind of following into the footsteps of my elder sister and um, uh, by the grace of god and maybe some hard work on my part i uh, uh, qualified the examination for one of the more prestigious schools in the country the indian institute of technology delhi and uh, because of my rank i selected biochemical engineering and biotechnology as the field of study um biochemical engineering and biotechnology at that time was just coming up and it was just getting recognized as uh, an upcoming stream of uh, engineering and but with the understanding that um it held immense potential for the future so uh, uh, i landed up out there and once i graduated and when i started looking for a job and uh, so i was because of my um, family conditions i chose to work uh take up small time project type of assignments and um because of some overlap between biotechnology and environmental solutions i started gradually drifting towards uh um environmental designing environmental solutions the technical side of it um designing effluent treatment plants sewage treatment plants conducting environment impact assessment studies environment audits uh so this so i st- I started doing consultancy in this sector. I also did a couple of stray projects on health or um, education, but the main area of work was uh, environment consultancy. And uh, and in that, uh, my clients were either it was um, the industry or it was multilateral agencies, etc. And um, somewhere along the line, I got an opportunity to go and do my um, my second post graduation um from the london school of economics and um that's the time when i studied environment as um the as the policy side of environment and that was my first exposure and it actually um uh, opened my eyes to 
um, to this this whole world of social policy so what happens is as um, technical people we think that we design an engineering solution or a technological solution and we've solved the problem uh, but i think the truth really lies in not um, uh, so the design of the technical solution is the start of solving the problem uh, finally it comes down to um, uh creating a space for adoption of that technical solution whether it is uh, amongst policy makers whether it is amongst the other stakeholders implementation stakeholders or it is amongst the user stakeholder so that that um that understanding or that appreciation came in the course of my study um of uh, social studies or social policy which the exposure that i got at the london school of economics and political science and that was an extremely enriching experience it pushed it pushed me to push my boundaries and um, and understand and see the world uh, uh, see the larger world and that's where the transition happened um so in but interestingly uh, you would ask me that where did sanitation happen okay. and uh, you're right <laughs> how did sanitation fit into the whole thing okay. so uh, when uh, uh, biotechnology or environment is is intricately woven into sanitation because um, uh, uh, sanitation solutions or the treatment of sanitation waste um, involves biotechnology and uh, if we don't treat it its impact is on the environment but uh, the sanitation solution that i worked on for the kum was uh, that was only a small part of that solution so as i said technology is only a small part of the solution designing a system around a technology is really where the challenge lay and then getting a the uh, the relevant or so the key stakeholders to accept that entire solution was that next level of challenge so um luckily in the case of kum um we got the op- the opportunity to pilot it at a smaller similar event one year prior to the main event one year prior to the kum and that pilot um, gave me confidence and i think it also gave uh, helped raise ambition amongst the stakeholders that yes this is a solution that we can run with this is a solution that will help us achieve a a fleeting goal a goal that we have aspired for for a long time but never ever been able to uh, to actually realize on the ground uh, so this is how my journey is about the about the whole thing I have never been to a lot of huge events. Uh, what I have read or seen in videos, this Kumbh Mela is an event of uh, enormous proportions. There's two forty million people visiting a city in fifty days, and about fifty million people gathering in a single day. It's it's uh, you know the staggering numbers. Very difficult to visualize these huge proportions. Can you explain Kumbh Mela in detail so that you know, we are able to grasp? Right. So uh Kumbh actually is um is an event that is difficult to appreciate for people who have either not witnessed it or not heard stories about it but in our um uh, as a part of our tradition religious tradition it occupies a center space 
Um, it's a religious congregation that traces its origins back to thousands of years. And it, um, it, people continue believe, to believe that a dip in the holy river on any of the auspicious days, which are, uh, which are specified auspicious days, comes close to the experience of receiving the elixir of immortality. And therefore, its uh, attractiveness or its draw for uh, people across um, across socioeconomic backgrounds. So the event occurs cyclically at four locations, uh, Prayagraj or the erstwhile Allahabad, Hardwar, Ujjain and Nasik. And uh, at each location it occurs once every 12 years. So in fact, uh, the one in Hardwar is currently underway, um, which may be of interest for uh, uh, listeners who want to experience uh, uh, this unique uh, celebration. Um, so, um, uh, but historically, of all the four locations, the one at Prayagraj has always been the biggest organization. Um, nevertheless, and having said that, the one in 2019 uh, broke all previous records of human congregation or otherwise. Um, yeah, it encountered 240 million visitors, which can safely be said to be the largest ever human gathering in the history of mankind. So, and it is in recognition of the significance and scale that UNESCO has um, identified Kumbh as the intangible cultural heritage of humanity. Um, now, in order to... Um, to facilitate um, this kind of uh, congregation and facilitate visitors, uh, pilgrims, uh, a tent city is set up at the site of the event. In the case of Prayagraj, it is the confluence of uh, three rivers. Uh, the confluence is called Sangam and uh, it is the point where the holy Ganges meets uh, river Yamuna and the fabled Saraswati. And uh, the tent city typically has facilities like tents, of course, temporary roads, water supply, electricity, healthcare facilities, policing, and other utilities to cater to the need of the visitors, of the pilgrims. Uh, what is interesting uh, for people who are into organizing events or who are doing public management is that this temporary um, city comes up in a period of only three months. Uh, the whole infrastructure is created over a short duration of only three months. And uh, the 2019 event uh, spread over 3,200 hectares. Uh, that's about 32 square kilometers. Um, just to give you a sense of the, the spread, uh, that's about one fourth the size of the city of San Francisco. So that is the scale of uh, the whole spread of the whole um, organization and the scale at which it operates. And over and above that, we're looking at 240 million visitors, which again, to put in perspective, is 20%, uh, almost 20% of India's population over 50 days. Uh, and another thing that may be notable is that the host city, which is Prayagraj, has a population of only 1.5 million. So uh, that means the city prepares itself to receive visitors almost 150 times its own population. 
so that's that's marshaling uh, resources and services uh, at a at an unprecedented scale and um, now when we're talking about facilities sanitation facilities which are uh, absolutely essential for uh, for uh, gathering of this size in the case of prayagraj kumbh of 2019 that amounted to setting up almost or more than 1 lakh toilets actually 20000 dustbins and uh, we had 160 waste transportation vehicles and roughly almost 15000 personnel involved in the whole process of keeping the uh, city and the event clean now when we talk about so this is the scale of the infrastructure but and the organization but just to give a sense of the activities that happen the most important activity remains the holy dip at the sangam uh but uh, in addition religious discourses and sermons are happening so people like to participate in them attend them uh, a lot of people use this opportunity to run free kitchens as a kind of service and um, but over and above these uh, traditional activities this particular kumbh witnessed a unique um, set of initiatives which were either organized by the organizing team or enabled by them uh like a rich very rich palette of cultural activities and shows handicraft fairs light and sound shows helicopter rides etc in fact um, there was also a camp for free eye testing and spectacle distribution and i understand that uh, uh, uh spectacles were distributed well above um, a lakh uh, sp- uh free spectacles were distributed in the course of these eye these are huge numbers that you're mentioning Uh, i'm sure like there would have been lot of uh, planning uh, gone into this uh, project before this execution given the short uh, time period that you know you have to get everything right uh, so can you talk about uh, uh, briefly about this planning no you absolutely right i call this think big and plan small mm-hmm. so um, the uh, projects of this scale require um, uh, require a lot of vision one has to th- plan and think at a very large mammoth scale but at the same time as you said in order to avoid any slip ups because you cannot afford it and because you don't have the option of iterating a solution you can't go back and re redef- you reinvent the design or you, one cannot go back and improve the design you are you are hitting the ground running correct so the planning has to involve every detail um every detailed aspect has to be planned in detail every tiny aspect has to be planned in detail prior to it as with any other projects right uh, you will have you would have had a lot of challenges which you have not anticipated like something that has come up uh, during this execution and uh, uh, i mean you, you have a, a list or something that that you, know, you have never anticipated and then uh, how you have uh, solved those things uh, solved those challenges so if we are talking about challenges in the context of sanitation i'd say sanitation by itself is a challenge kumbh or no kumbh um uh, but specifically when we're looking at kumbh then we're looking at a challenge of providing sanitation infrastructure and services and i think the important thing out here is also services that are of temporary nature so, and to provide it for a scale of kum so as i had mentioned earlier we are looking at more than a lakh toilets 
twenty thousand dustbins and um, uh, about one hundred and sixty vehicles for transportation and evacuation of waste, and fifteen thousand odd uh, personnel for keeping the city clean. So that this is a huge team, and for the first time ever, we had uh, uh, we had almost six agencies uh, coordinating and working together. for the sanitation work alone so not just a large team but also six different agencies so an added challenge of inter agency coordination so uh, but you know to start with i would say that um while sanitation came to be at the center of organizing a uh, a uh, uh, good kumbh or a kumbh where uh, which um, uh, swachh and surakshit kumbh uh for an enhanced visitor experience but what really did we understand by sanitation you know so we commonly say that we want cleanliness but what do we mean by cleanliness does it mean that we want this kumbh to be incrementally cleaner than the last kumbh or do we want it to be as clean as my city is or do we want to be wanted to be as clean as a city maybe a developed nation so where where does this ambition start and where does it end uh does it mean that we want more toilets or do we want sufficient toilets because um, earlier comes we were uh, providing one toilet for almost 6000 visitors which even to uh, the most um, uh, which most obviously is insufficient even to a lay person um then is providing toilets enough Uh, or do we need to maintain them in such a way that visitors choose to use them rather than go out in the open? And uh, or should toilets cater to the elderly or persons with disabilities? Uh, should they be safe for women? Should they be stench-free? Does it mean that our roads should be clean or litter-free? Or should we target a state where people actually themselves start preferring using a toilet instead of going outdoors? Or visitors look out for a dustbin to dispose garbage in? so you know a complete user buying as well so uh, in my opinion i mean that was the final test for us i mean that would be the our most fulfilling outcome if visitors right down to the last visitor was also choosing to uh, to adopt and use the sanitation facility that was being provided so uh, the challenge for us was really about breaking a cultural mindset that has accepted and settled for less accepted compromises and accepted a sanitation a fractured sanitation infrastructure and services so luckily for us um, we got um, uh, a similar event uh, to pilot and demonstrate innovations uh, this event was the mark mela uh, mark mela is um, an annual event at the same location um, in prayagraj it happens at the sangam it happens in the, at the same period roughly january to february every year uh, but in scale it is much smaller in scale in scale to a kumela so we got the opportunity to pilot certain innovations in mark mela 2018 exactly one year prior to the final kum of 2019 and uh, that's when we were able to um, try out um, path breaking innovations and also demonstrated that we can uh, we can actually um, be as ambitious and we can actually reliably deliver on that ambition 
day after day so uh, finally in the kum we kind of delivered a hat trick of sorts you know we were able to deliver a open defecation free a garbage free and a stench free rent so uh, that i think matlab uh, it's in, uh, I, i think that's been a singular accomplishment for the whole team and i would just like to share uh, a very a very small apparently insignificant but i think not really that insignificant observation so i remember i once visited a free kitchen that somebody had set up along the roadside and i think some of the poorest people were lining up for food at this at this kitchen and but and interestingly and i would say very hardeningly each of the um, used disposable plates was being thrown by the people by the beneficiaries of the kitchen into one of the three dustbins that were placed close by to that kitchen without anybody's urging or without anybody asking them to do it naturally they were finishing their food and then picking up their plate and throwing it inside the dustbin not a single plate was found outside the dustbin wow that's actually that fantastic actually because that's a great uh, great effect in terms of change of mindset because that's the hardest thing if, uh, to start with them if you want to bring in this kind of a culture and then you know take it in a sustainable way to move forward uh, in order to ensure that uh, the services were being delivered properly so one is to set up the necessary infrastructure set up toilets Uh, put in place dustbins um, have the vehicles running um, uh, deploy vehicles so that they can collect waste and transport it to the waste treatment site all that that is a necessary physical infrastructure but how do we ensure that that infrastructure is also providing the services so for toilets the toilets must be cleaned all the time for garbage the uh, waste uh, the garbage must be evacuated at regular interval intervals for uh, for stench toilet stench the odor solution should be applied at regular intervals so all these things in order to do that we had developed a mobile app and we with the help of 1200 village volunteers we were monitoring um, we were on monitoring uh, these the status of services in real time and providing the implementation stakeholders uh, feedback real time feedback okay, okay. so uh, what happened was that uh, after some time we realized that uh, the implementation stakeholders started doing get, we started getting pushback from them okay. they were unwilling to hear the bad news okay. if somebody would uh, on their phone they would get a message that the toilet in your area is unclean so after the after the point of time they were resisting these messages Okay. So what we did was, we started in the morning. We would call them up to tell them where their toilets were dirty, based on the feedback we had got from our volunteers using the mobile app. And in the evening, we would call them up to congratulate them where the toilet problem had got fixed. So if a toilet was dirty in the morning but it was found clean in the evening, we would call them up and congratulate them. Very really nice. So in Uh, so interestingly this engendered some kind of a healthy competition so within a few days we started getting calls from them at the end of the day they would just call up and ask us i hope my area is running at number 1 <laughs> so there was no number 1 and there was no number 2 okay. but we started getting uh, we got a buy in from our implementation stakeholders by uh, by appreciating their work
two levels of motivation is required right you have to be uh, like mentally motivated to push the push this uh, the volunteers and the people who are uh, you know uh, monitoring the services and then uh, ensuring that the services are uh, up to the mark and then they also have to be motivated to provide that yes services. and another thing i would like to add yeah. um not many people will appreciate that uh, a sanitation worker works in bed in his working conditions are full of drudgery he has to touch garbage with his hands sometimes he has to even touch rotting garbage with his hands because garbage left lying uh, after some time starts rotting and we expect him then to clean that up as well in events like this when there would be open defecation our sanitation workers were also expected to pick up the night soil and dispose it off so the drudgery that he had to do was was handling night soil and handling rotting garbage this is the first this time we designed the system in such a way that he never had to touch a night soil because there was no open defecation and he never had to touch rotting garbage with his hand so i recall an incident when i was standing at the sangam so sangam is the point of confluence of the holy rivers okay. and it is also considered the most auspicious occasion, location for bathing okay okay so this was at uh, on one of the uh, main bathing days it's called the shahi snan or the royal bathing day okay okay um, so i i was there along with the entire uh, team and uh, one sanitation walked up sanitation worker walked up to me and he said that this is the first time i have not had to touch um, night soil with my hand he said it in his language it was in hindi okay. and he said i have not had to touch night soil or touch rotting garbage with my hand this time i'm very happy working in the kumela so uh, designing a system which can reduce uh, the totally avoidable drudgery of the uh, of our worker and especially a worker who otherwise in our society we have not we have not appreciated as much Generally how should i put no. it the the less empowered yeah. people of our society to design a system which um, which keeps his his concerns in mind is uh, was another thing that i felt really helped us to get buy in from our implementation team okay. so apart from this mm-hmm. ensuring that they got their salaries on time ensuring that they have a proper accommodation in the mela ensuring that uh, there are schools and creches for their children so okay. this time for the first time in the kumbh mela there were schools and creches and medical facilities even for our sanitation workers thank you for listening to the part 1 of this podcast Stay tuned for the part 2 where Mr. Saloni talks about the many firsts and various innovations that were implemented at Kumbh Mela 2019 and the ways these can be taken up at individual and small community levels for a better environment. Thank you for tuning into the weekly talk show. Wishing you all a great week ahead.